Hey there, and welcome to Now on Netflix, your official insider's guide to the best of what's streaming on Netflix this week. I'm Henry Goldblatt, executive editor of todoom.com, the official Netflix site made for and dedicated to fans. We're the only official What to Watch podcast coming to you from inside the Netflix headquarters. And I'm so excited to be here with my co-host, Jessica Shaw. Hello, Henry. I am Jessica Shaw from SiriusXM. We do have some pretty great recommendations for you to add to your weekend watch list. We sure do. We've got a great show for you coming up. Um, we're going to be talking about the new Adam Sandler movie, You're So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah, I'm with Tudum.com writer Ann Cohen. But first, Jessica, 13 years old, 12 years old, it's a really, really hard time. Do you have an embarrassing story that sticks out? Oh, my gosh. I, I actually do. I will say when I was 13 years old um, and at gym class and we used to we had this little locker room and we had to change and um I guess my mom, when she did the laundry at home, like didn't put in one of those anti-static things. And somehow I changed into like my shorts and my T-shirt. And I guess a pair of my underwear was stuck to them. And then when I was running laps for warm up, they fell off. And of course, I had my name stamped in it because I went to sleepaway camp, which is honestly could be a sequel to this. You are no so not going to my Jewish sleepaway camp. Um, And so the whole school knew someone found my underwear, of course and was like, oh, Jessica Shaw has rainbows on her underwear. I'm speechless and shocked and like my heart is breaking for you right now. As you could imagine, I'm the type of kid who should have started shaving when he was nine years old. And by 11 or 12, I had like a fully disgusting formed mustache that really I should have been shaving. I apologize to my 12-year-old self. I was just afraid to. I don't know what was going on. But I'm over at a friend's house and this friend's mother turns to me and she's like, you need to shave. You look like a hoodlum. Now, at 11 or 12, I actually didn't quite know what the word hoodlum meant. It sounded really bad and that I was doing drugs, maybe. I don't know. Um, So I went home and told my parents that this friend's mother said that. My dad was a very stern man. He was a Marine, but he let this woman have it. He called her and started yelling at her. And of course, this was the end of my friendship with the kid whose house I was at. I never went back to that house again. And Kind of scarred every time I hear the word hoodlum. And Rafe, if you're out there, I'm sorry we didn't become friends. I will say that your um, mustache, all facial hair is A plus now, I assume because of your childhood trauma, uh, but well done. We have a great show. We are talking to Tadoom.com writer Ann Cohen. and welcome to the show. Hi, Henry. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. I'm so excited to have you here, too. Tell us what this movie's about. So the movie is about Stacy Friedman, who's a 13-year-old kid, um, and she's about to have her bat mitzvah. And she and her best friend, Lydia, have been dreaming of this for years and years. It's like, you know, how some little girls dream about their weddings. They've been dreaming about their bat mitzvahs. And then something comes between them, a boy, and they kind of have a falling out. And the question is, can they make up in time to celebrate their big day together? My bat mitzvah determines the rest of my life. If I have a kick-ass party, doors would open. One day, Andy Goldfarb will be mine, and you will have a pool boyfriend too, and then we'll have a joining loss in Tribeca. Oh my God. Oh my God. Can you just let me explain, please? No, let me explain to you. We are no longer friends. Yo, shit just got real. And you had a chance to interview the director, Sammy Cohen, and um, who talked a lot about how the themes of this movie are kind of universal, even though it's set in a very specific time and place. Yeah, so something I love about this movie is that it's, it's really specifically Jewish. It's very authentically Jewish, 
but you don't necessarily need to know or have ever been to a bat mitzvah to enjoy this movie. It's it's very much about these universal themes of what it means to grow up and what it means to grow up as a young woman. You know, everyone can relate to be, having a dad who doesn't really get your culture. Everyone can relate to having a best friend and kind of struggling with what it means to find your own identity in that relationship and, and be yourself. So I think everyone can really, really relate to this. I love a coming of age movie and I, I agree with you, Anne. It's so there's something that we all go through. This is a very specific story, but I feel like that that idea that the more specific, the more universal, I think really plays out in this film because yes, this kid is about that angst of I am I am having this coming of age event, but it's really about friendship. It's about your parents, it's about God, it's about like finding the right dress. It's about peer pressure. It's about, you know, all of those things. And that is not just that's not just going on with Stacey Friedman. The relationship between the two 13 year olds also felt super authentic, like the love that they had for each other, but also the jealousy and the striving to find your own identity. But having a best friend and having a group of friends and how you navigate that. And also 13-year-olds can say really, really horrible things to one another. And that was um, that was evident in the film, too. So I thought the portrayal of the friendship was really interesting and authentic. One really fun detail that the director shared with me was that to make their friendship feel really authentic, they had them come up with a friendship handshake and really spend a lot of time together and make sure that they actually became friends on set to make it feel real. And just like one thing I love about this movie is that it takes so seriously you know, when you're 13, everything is like a life and death event because you haven't lived very long and everything is important. And it takes those concerns seriously. It really doesn't downplay them or make fun of them. I mean, and I know that you mentioned that this stars Adam Sandler and obviously he's the huge name and the rest of his family. I have to say, Sonny Sandler, his daughter who plays Stacey Friedman, the main character, is such a revelation. She is, after this movie, I really do feel like she is not Adam Sandler's daughter, Sonny. Yeah, so Sonny Sandler plays Stacey, um, who's the main character. And then also her older sister, Sadie, plays her older sister in the movie. And Adam Sandler plays their dad. I went into this movie cold. And after like 10 minutes, I had to pause it and be like, who plays, who plays this, this character? And when I found, when I realized that it was, that it was Sonny Sandler, I could not believe it. I first of all could not believe that I didn't realize because she looks so much like both her parents, but also she's so incredible. She jumps off the screen. She's just an incredible presence. The director said that this film pays homage to a lot of classic teen films. Um, are there any that sort of stuck out to you when you saw it? The one that I resonated with was actually not a teen film, but Bride Wars, um, which starred Kate Hudson and Anne Hathaway, about two best friends who are dueling brides. That's what that's the vibes that I got. But um, I think the director had some different homages in mind. So the director, Sammy Cohen, said that a lot of the production design was inspired by 16 Candles. And you can really see that in the way that there's attention to detail in the teenage girl's room. But there's a little bit of Ferris Bueller's Days Off. There's a little bit of Stand By Me. It's a big, it's a very teen-centric movie. And there are a ton of great needle drops in this movie. Uh, tell us about some of them. Yeah, there's some great musical moments in this movie. There's, you know, some Olivia Rodrigo, there's some Dua Lipa, there's some Selena Gomez. But my favorite fun fact about the music is that Esty Heim uh, is actually one of the co-composers of the score, in, along with Amanda Yamate. 
And they previously collaborated on Do Revenge, which is another great teenage girl Netflix movie. And it's so fitting that S.D. Heim would work on this because they had a small part in Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza alongside her sister, Alana Heim. And, you know, they're, you know, the Jewish rocker girls. Is this the same Himes who are opening for Taylor Swift's Eras Tour right now? Sure is. And this film is also stocked with cameos and some really fun ones, including Sarah Sherman from Saturday Night Live. Um, who else stuck out to you in these performances? Well, first off, Edina Menzel is married to Adam Sandler once more. It's a little Uncut Gems reunion. And the funny thing is that Sammy Cohen said that they imagine that this is the fun side of their marriage. So less stress, still Jewish. <laughs> There's also a lot of fun cameos, like there's Jackie Hoffman, who you could also catch in, in Glass Onion, who kind of shows up at that, you know, community table of old ladies that is always at every bat mitzvah. Um, there's Louise Guzman, who's from Wednesday. So there's a lot of fun, fun people to spot. I did love that table of old ladies. It felt very Statler and Waldorf from the Muppets. They are just sitting there. They're observing. They might weigh in, but they might not. But you know they are judging. They're like, oi, underboob. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you so much for joining us in this Adam Sandler extravaganza. You can check out all of Anne's coverage of You're So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah on Tadoom.com. And the film comes out tomorrow, August 25th. Thanks, Henry. Thanks for having me. Jessica, summer's winding down, which I'm super, super bummed about, but I feel like I've watched some good stuff over the summer. And in case our listeners missed it, I want to go through a few of the things that were some of our favorites. Absolutely. Yeah. I do feel like a lot still came out this summer. And if you missed something, it was like, oh, shoot, I forgot I was going to watch that thing. So as you're heading into Labor Day weekend, we definitely have some recommendations. Um, Jessica, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, um, because I'm smart. I'm going to go with a documentary. um, And that documentary is Wham!, And that is, yes, wham, exclamation point, because that's how they roll. Obviously, George Michael and Andrew Ridgely's iconic band. And this kind of came out of nowhere for me. And then all of a sudden, I I love when this happens. You have no idea something's coming. And then everyone's talking about it within five seconds. And I loved it. I mean, it's a lot of archival footage. And Andrew Ridgely talks throughout, but you don't see him on camera, which is fascinating. And just looking back at this very influential, pop music group and just I I mean I love them when they were popular and even getting to lean into that nostalgia was so much fun I was just talking to a friend about this documentary last night I completely agree with you it stuck with me I also cried when George Michael died and I don't usually cry at a celebrity death but he did a lot for the LGBTQ movement his Music was just beautiful and outstanding and long-lasting, and it was such a treat to revisit Wham! in this documentary. Absolutely, and you're reminded, I mean, when you hear the demos in the, in the documentary, you're reminded what an extraordinary talent he was. His voice was, was truly a once-in-a-lifetime. Jessica, I'm going to do a complete 180 and give you my first recommendation. I am a tough customer when it comes to Black Mirror because I don't like to be scared. I... I'm not the biggest sci-fi fan in the entire world. So like that limits like maybe 80% of what Black Mirror has to offer. Yet there was an episode from this past season that came out June 15th that has stuck with me all summer. It's called Joan is Awful. And it is about a woman who's sort of like in middle management somewhere in America. She's played by Annie Murphy. And all of a sudden, 
Streamberry, the name of the streaming service, starts broadcasting a drama about her life that literally whatever she did that day. Is she aware that it is her life? She is aware that it is her life. Yes. Okay, so it's like the Truman Show took a real turn. Yeah, a real dark turn. And Streamberry is the Netflix stand-in for the streaming service. And this is an episode that has stuck with me all summer. And I highly recommend it, especially if you're a Black Mirror fan. I will see your dark and disturbing and just make you laugh. I think stand-up specials are hard. They're hard to watch on TV sometimes because so much of it is about being in the room when you're watching a comedian I thought Amy Schumer's special and John Mulaney's special this summer were both so excellent. And I went in there, I always, every time I hit play on a stand-up special, I think, oh, it's not going to be as good as I want it to be. And these two were really, really excellent. I feel like Amy Schumer has never been funnier. Was there a memorable joke or bit from Amy Schumer that stood out to you? I think just her talking about postpartum sex was always good. Her talking just about about motherhood. I just I I love her. And this one really reminded me of why I love her so much. I've only been married for five years, but this is what I think marriage is so far. I think marriage is finding someone who can stand you. (laughs) Is that too romantic? Find someone who can fucking stand you. Especially during the pandemic when we were all just home, just staring at each other, just judging, waiting to criticize each other. You gonna chew like that? No? I just didn't know if you were trying to wake the neighbors because it's so loud, but no, I like it, no. My next selection is Ultimatum Queer Love. Um, Last week we talked about Ultimatum Marry or Move On with the heterosexual couples. This was all queer couples um, featuring women and non-binary people who had to go onto the show with their partners. One of them had given an ultimatum to the other saying, marry me or that's it. And then they all switched partners. And putting an LGBTQ twist on the show was absolutely genius. We do not see a lot of LGBTQ relationships and dating reality shows. And this one was such a treat. It was incredibly well cast. It had an amazing villain in this um, woman, Vanessa, and the reunion was absolutely explosive. So if you're looking for some light popcorn fare over Labor Day weekend, I highly recommend. Oh, this season of TV changed my life. I think about these, uh, I was going to say characters, because I mean, they are characters, characters. but like lowercase c. all the time. I think about Where's Vanessa at, at least once a week. That season was bonkers. And yes, I agree with you. I feel like very often on a reality show, there's one LGBTQ character or two and like, oh, maybe we'll have like one couple. And to have this be, this is what this season is about. These women, these non-binary people, like it would just felt wonderful. And the fact that they let the characters or the cast like joke about the cliches like u-hauls and some other stuff like it was very in world and well done in that way too okay well i will see your lesbians and i will raise you some dessert is it cake too is a series that i'm just gonna say has no business working it should not work it should not be entertaining it's about people trying to figure out if something is real or if something is cake Binge the entire thing. Could not get enough of it. Mikey Day is the host from Saturday Night Live. And these bakers make things. And then there are visiting contestants who have to say, is it cake? 
there's this one episode where where the bakers make a, a a bag, like a toolkit bag, and it is so fascinating to watch, to watch them make it, to watch the other bakers be in awe of like, oh my God, how did you do that? And it's never not fun when you get the reveal of Is It Cake? There's a quiz on Doom.com which does exactly that. We take pictures from the show and we ask you to guess whether they're cakes or not. It's really hard. I like flunked it. It's super hard, but it's so addictive, right? So addictive. Um, Speaking of addictive, that leads me into my next choice, which is The Lincoln Lawyer. Um, Season two came out this summer. Um, The first batch of episodes dropped July 5th and the remainder dropped later in the month. It's about a lawyer named Mickey Haller. In the first season, he was actually practicing law out of his Lincoln. Um, He's moved into a big office now. And if you just want a legal procedural drama that goes down easy, I can't recommend it enough. It has a terrific cast of people that you've seen elsewhere, including Nev Campbell of Party of Five and Scream fame, Becky Newton of Ugly Betty fame. She is so, so, so funny. Yaya DaCosta, who is on America's Next Top Model, and Lana Perea. Um, she's in season two, and she plays the um, client that Mickey is representing. She's of Once Upon a Time fame. This show is produced by David E. Kelly, so it has all sort of the trappings of what he has done throughout his career. He, of course, was the um, producer and creator of Ally McBeal and The Practice. I've missed legal dramas like this, and I just wrap myself up in it. I love that he practiced law out of, out of his car. I just, that's my favorite conceit for a show. I just wish I had been in the pitch meeting, a fly on the wall in the pitch meeting, where David E. Kelly was like, he's a lawyer and he practices out of his Lincoln. Sometimes I feel like I watch a show or or a movie and I will see cast members that just make my heart sing. And when I watch the movie The Outlaws, which is, you know, a fun rom-com, it's kind of exactly what you want it to be. But Pierce Brosnan and Ellen Barkin play parents in this film and oh my God, seeing the two of them together made me feel like, First of all, um, give a bonus to the casting director because A-plus casting. And second of all, why are they not working together? I just wanted more of them. You want a spinoff? I want a spinoff, yeah. yes. What do you want, a sitcom or a family drama? Um, def- I, I think a sitcom. That's the thing is that they were both so funny. I always think of Pierce Brosnan. I mean, I kind of think of him as like very Bond, Thomas Crown Affair and stuff. Obviously, little Mamma Mia thrown in on the side. I was reminded at how how unbelievably funny he is. Henry, one of the new series that I loved this summer is called Survival of the Thickest. I'm a huge fan of Michelle Bouchot's. Anyway, she's stand-up. She's hilarious. She has her own specials on Netflix. But this series in particular, it was my sex in the city. It's yeah. just it, her character of Mavis, who she knows who she is. She's this designer. She's amazing. And her group of friends, I was so invested in all of their lives. And I need this to have a season two. Can you make that happen for me? I will try me? my best. Uh, she, uh, Michelle Buteau is terrific. Garcelle Beauvais stars as a supermodel who who Michelle's character styles. Garcelle is terrific. It gave me very living single vibes. Um, that's to come from the 90s, which I just adored, starring Queen Latifah. I was in there and loving that. That's going to do it for this episode of Now on Netflix. Don't miss You're So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah this weekend. Next week, we're going to be previewing One Piece and Heart of Invictus. 
New episodes of this podcast are released every Thursday, and you can find us at your friendly neighborhood podcast store. And you can always read more coverage about the show's movies we talked about today on todoom.com. That's going to do it, Jessica. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. 